So, um, uh, welcome to Blue Ocean Faith and uh, you serendipity doodah moms who are part of our church. Uh, uh, these are moms who are in full support of their LGBTQ kids and they often come from uh, conservative backgrounds that, where they're not supported for their support, so they're connecting with our church online. Some of them are uh, all scattered all over the country and if... Uh, if you are missing the snow because you're living in like Southern California or something, moms, like eat your heart out. We here in Michigan get the real experience. Um, uh, yeah, again, uh, speak up group, 20 minutes after the end of the service at 1609-1609 Cambridge Road. In addition to um, bagels and cream cheese and orange juice and coffee and half and half, not, not, cream, not cream, but half and half, um, I'm serving clementines. So if you, if you just needed that to kind of, because it's inclement weather, I thought I'd serve a clementine. So, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to get uh, weird about numbers. I don't want to be one of those Bible preachers that getting weird about numbers on us. But there is something special about the number 40. I'm turning 40. Emily is turning 40, I believe, on February 15th, on Thursday, uh, second day of Lent. Turning 40 um, is, is a big deal. Uh, turning 40 is like, this is what I'm going to be when I grow up. And it's like, oh. Uh, and then, you know, actuarially speaking, this would be the halfway mark. Um, and that gets us thinking and assessing and reflecting. Um, Bella, who did such a great job on reading the, um, te our text from, I think, the Gospel of Mark, the Transfiguration, I was asking Bella how old she thought I was, and she said 40. And I thought, that's a young, young woman with a good gift of discernment. Um, <laughs> In, in the Bible, 40 is also a very big deal. You see it in the Old and New Testaments. After escaping slavery in Egypt, the people of Israel sojourned in the wilderness for 40 years famously. Jesus spent 40 days in the Judean wilderness on, on um, what a Native American would call a, a vision quest. Uh, it was during that time that he came to grips with the power of evil uh, known in the Bible as the Satan or the accuser or the slanderer. This is a familiar enough voice to all of us in our own heads and often it's something we do battle with when we're around the 40-year mark. Uh, in physiology class when I was in nursing school, uh, the professor of physiology said that uh, on day 40 of fasting, your body draws its caloric energy from burning brain cells. So that's kind of a hard stop for fasting. Jesus fasted for 40 days, not 41. Um, 40 days, that's two days shy of six weeks, is roughly equivalent to the time that the psychologist take, uh, tells us that it takes to establish a new habit. It takes about six weeks to establish a new habit. So Lent, which begins on Wednesday, uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th is the first day of Lent, Ash Wednesday, um, and runs all the way till Easter, which is April 1st this year. Uh, Lent is the season which is like the run-up to the celebration of the resurrection on Easter. And so historically, it's been a season for the church of reflection and connection. So it's a time to focus on um, our connection with God, with ourselves, with each other, with the wide world. And um, 
during Lent, uh, traditionally uh, Christians would uh, try to make more room for connecting with God, which usually means, especially for us, um, less time on time sucks. Uh, smartphones, uh, social media, etc. If you were raised Catholic, um, you might associate Lent with giving up chocolate or um, beer or some other treat. Fair enough, if you want to give something up for Lent, um, that's fine. But I would suggest um, limiting one of your time sucks is a, is a good thing to consider giving up for Lent. So I've been um, practicing, I've been leaving my iPhone uh, in the kitchen to plug it in uh, to charge it up before I go to upstairs for bed and I kind of go up for bed early and then I don't pick it up again until after I've had my little morning time in the morning and oh man that's been good for my mental health I took Facebook off my iPhone man was that good for my mental health um, in the past uh, we've been calling our uh, corporate Lenten observance leap of faith but I don't know given the volunteer volatility of this past year Emily has renamed it Lenten experience a peaceful prelude <laughs> a peaceful prelude to Easter so if you'd like to and I highly encourage it um, leverage Lent to enhance your real-time connection to God and to others. Um, we have a, for that purpose, we have a little booklet that's an orientation to Lent. It's actually on the, on the welcome table back there. If you like hard copies, you can get this. Or if you get our weekly updates, it should be included as a, um, as a PDF. Um, so that'll give you kind of an orientation to how we're going to approach our Lenten experience this year. He, here are, um, here's like a, a brief heads up for what to look forward to. Um, for our Sunday focus, every Sunday in Lent we'll be putting a focus on a specific spiritual practice. So over the course of Lent you'll be able to sample a variety of different uh, connecting to God practices. Hopefully one of them would kind of fit the way that you're oriented and wired. Um, next week um, I'm going to uh, lead off by uh, giving a sermon on three uh, AA prayers, including the serenity prayer. Uh, we'd also love to have um, people standing up and giving like a one, two, or three minute uh, story of, of how they interact with these practices. So I'm looking for someone who has found benefit with either the serenity prayer or one of the step prayers in the, um, in the 12 step framework. And if, if you'd like to share about that, I'd love for you to do that. If, 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 you want to write it down, I'll read it, that would be fine, but it'll be more, you know, like, more enjoyable if you stand up and, and share it. So just see me afterwards, and I'll, I'll get you lined up for next week. Um, and we'll be using a time in our um, quiet reflection time after the sermons to actually practice the spiritual practices that we'll be introducing week by week. So that'll be our Sunday focus. We're also hosting several, I think we have so far eight uh, Lenten dinner groups. These are people in the church who are um, hosting a, uh, a simple dinner group like um, uh, soup and bread, maybe cheese, uh, just like 90 minutes, um, three evenings uh, throughout Lent. Some of them are three weeks in a row. Some are, are more spread out over Lent. We have um, 
eight sign-up sheets on that welcome table. So if you'd like to attend one of these eight groups, I highly encourage you after the service to just go over there, take a look at where people are and sign up for that and we'll, we'll get you squared away. If you're not sure where, you can always email us at the church office and we'll get you, we'll get you hooked up for that too. Our emails are ken at a2blue.org, emily at a2blue.org, etc. caroline at a2blue.org. Org. Um, so that's a that's a good. I think the um, if you are if you like Blue Ocean, but it's like I don't feel like I knew that many people like by name. And when I, I come, I, I I recognize people, but I, I don't know their names. And I'd like to feel more connected. These these uh, Lenten um, dinner groups are especially designed for you. But we'd like anyone who wants to participate to participate. Also, it's not too late to host, so see me or Emily after church uh, or Caroline and uh, we'll get you set up as a, as a host. Also during Lent, we're going to have a daily email that is going to feature a reflection on the Sarum prayer. So we're going to um, actually throughout Lent focus on this one simple prayer called the Sarum prayer. We used it at the beginning of the service, God be in my head and in my understanding, etc. Um, Joan Miller, our own uh, resident artist, is working on an illustration for that. That just is to heap the pressure on Joan, which is really good for the, for the artistic muse. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, I'm preparing a daily reflection. I'm, I'm almost like a week and a half uh, into it, like a, a third of the thing done. So I think it's actually going to happen. Um, if you're dealing with anxiety, um, learning how to engage a prayer like this, the Sarum prayer, on a daily basis, meditatively, we'll be giving you coaching and how to do that through the daily emails, can be a, a huge benefit for lowering anxiety and stress hormones and all that uh, sort of thing. So, um, you know, one thing you might think about doing in Lent is like, oh, could I figure out a way to do like a five-minute time in the morning or before I go to bed just to center down, calm myself, do some praying. If you're dealing with significant anxiety, I encourage you to try to do that for 12 minutes and you'll be much more likely to uh, uh, trigger the uh, day-long response. Uh, re- um, what's called relaxation response. It's a big aid, actually, in dealing with anxiety. We have for the kids a My Psalms journal, which is super cool. Uh, Christina Roberts from Foundry 414 Church, a church that we're in relationship with through the Blue Ocean Church Network, put this together, looked it over. It's really cool. Um, it's for uh, five and up and for the young in heart. So if you'd like to use this Psalms journal, it has a little every day, a little easy accessible thing for the psalms and uh, some uh, coloring or whatever parents can use this if you're an aunt or an uncle and you've got a niece or nephew you know you can work with uh, work with them on this um, or you can do it yourself um, uh, because it'll be good Um, I have too many papers up here it's like uh, I'm reading my psalm prayer Lenten guide and all this stuff Um, we have a featured book for Lent. It's, uh, oh, there are Phyllis Tickle fans. Who's a Phyllis Tickle fan here in the, 
variation. Okay, see, there's people who know this lady and like her. She passed away in 2015, and this is a biography by John Sweeney. Actually, John Sweeney is going to be here in April to do a presentation on this book at one of our Sunday services. We have pre-purchased uh, eight copies. Um, we're selling them for 20 bucks. That's a, I don't know, a buck 35 less than the Amazon price. So Big Brother is, you know, just helping you out there with the, with the price of the book. And, uh, and we have two copies for lending on the honor system on that table. So I highly recommend it. She lived a dramatic life. She had a near-death experience where she was clinically dead. And, you know, the light and the tunnel and the whole nine yards. She had seven children. She had suffered multiple um, tragic uh, miscarriages. So she suffered a lot in her life. And um, her husband was a famous pulmonologist and um, early responder to the AIDS crisis in Memphis. And she's probably one of the leading figures in the field of religion over the last 20 years. Um, so a very significant figure, especially in the American religious landscape. She came uh, here and, and did, a, um, did a, a summit not too long ago, which is notable for the fact that Emily met Rachel when, uh, <laughs> when Phyllis Tickle was here. So we love Phyllis Tickle, and I think we're going to figure out a way to tell some Phyllis Tickle stories through, through the Lenten um, sermons. I hope Emily's going to tell that, tell, that, tell that story. That's a good one. Um, uh, as, as we've done in the past uh, few years for Lent, we, we encourage people to consider having a one personal big request, big to you request that you simply ask God to do something for you over the every day over the course of Lent. Uh, this year we're encouraging you just to be open to a, a prompting, a nudge from the Spirit for what to ask for. Um, and it might be something very personal for you. It might be something that you're concerned about, a family member or loved one. You just want to pray for their protection. You know, the, the sky's the limit for, we're not circumscribing this as much as we did in, the, in last year. So, but my big request, um, this um, thing that I mentioned earlier, the booklet, has a great little um, section uh, that Emily wrote up uh, with some pastoral guidance on the my big request. So I would encourage you to look that over. And then, as always, we're having a church-wide request. We're inviting you to pray a simple prayer on behalf of the church, our life together at Blue Ocean Faith. This year, we're focusing that prayer on um, just getting the word out that we exist. Uh, one of the things that we've noticed is it's super hard for people to find out that we exist. And so when I talk to newcomers, I ask them, and, you know, they come because they know someone personally, um, uh, that's, that's great. But we've got a lot of stories from newcomers. Like, I heard that you existed, and I went online, and I couldn't find anything, and it, it actually took me three months, and I read your book, and I thought you died, and, you know, stuff like that. It's like, like we're, we're not coming up in the Google rankings or whatever. If you, if you, if you search, you know, gay-friendly church in Ann Arbor, you get all these churches that are not gay-friendly, and then, you know, it's like a... So uh, we're, we're actually going to pray that God would empower and equip us our board is also working on this to, to get the word out that we exist. If you like a church like Blue Ocean Faith, we want you to be able to find us. So um, 
We're encouraging people during Lent to uh, do a simple practice of identifying six people uh, that you pray for uh, on a daily basis. So those could be family members, those could be friends. I like to include a couple of people at least on my list of six that I don't like know personally, but I've heard about or whatever. Or they might they might be a, a you know Starbucks barista that you see on a regular basis. But pray for uh, six people. Just mention them by name, kind of like we do in our prayer for loved ones after the uh, sermon. Just name them on a daily basis before God. It's a great um, great way to get the love juices flowing from God. So um, four suggestions for how to approach, how to engage this Lenten uh, season. Uh, Be intentional, be connectional, be kind to yourself, and leverage Lent to establish at least one new connectional habit. So be intentional this Lent. So um, this is especially important if you grew up with a traditional approach to Lent and you um, dread the idea of Lent coming and um, because it, it, to you it means something like uh, making a lot of like New Year's resolutions only for Lent, um, making promises to yourself and God that you're going to be a better Christian. Um, uh, this approach fosters a lot of self-talk in the stern lecture format. You kind of develop an inner Bobby Knight for you basketball fans of maybe 10 years ago and this inner Bobby Knight is doing things like throwing, you know, folding chairs onto the court and yelling at you and, you know, getting in your face and it's all in the name of love, you know. <laughs> and um, this, this does not fit in with good cognitive research of how human beings actually uh, change or function well. So if, if this is your impression of Lent, I would encourage you to release it into the ether sphere of been there, done that, but not this time. Okay, just like try a different approach. And the research shows that if before you go to sleep at night, you set an intention about the coming day in specific and kind-to-yourself language like, I look forward to going to the gym tomorrow, it increases your chances automatically of going to gym, going to the gym tomorrow. And the way to set an intention is not to say to yourself, I promise to go to the gym, or I should really go to the gym, but a non-binding, gently stated, intention is what works. So I, I'm looking forward to going to the gym. As you set your intention in that way, somehow your brain organizes itself around wanting to do that very thing. It kind of mobilizes the desire part of your brain. So the Hebrew term for our intentional setting part is the heart. The heart is what aims us in a particular direction. So, you know, if something's already a habit, you don't need to practice intention. So, your body just does it. That's the nature of habit. Um, You find yourself brushing your teeth before you go to bed. You know, you're just following your body into the bathroom to (laughs) brush your teeth. Your body wants to do it because it's habituated to it. But 
You don't need an intention for that, but um, you do need intention for starting a new habit. So, and you can't use intention on a daily basis for 10 new things a day, say. You can't like at nighttime before you go to sleep say, I intend, I'm looking forward to going to the gym, to flossing my teeth, to staying off Facebook, I'm going to call my mom, I'm going to clean up my desk, and I'm limiting myself to three Oreos when I get home from work. <laughs> you, you can only really use it effectively for like one thing a day. So be intentional this Lent, and then be connectional this Lent. So it turns out that why we do the things we do, why that we set a certain intention rather than another, for example, really matters. The why of what we do really, really matters in terms of our um, brain's ability to pull it off. So if your intention is to get the most out of Lent, the why really matters. So I would suggest that one of the most powerful whys for your engagement with Lent is uh, connection. I intend to catch church as often as I can this Lent to support my connection with God and others because it's Lent and that's what we're doing together. And I want to increase my sense of connection to God or my sense of connection to others. That's a powerful why. Um, I intend to sign up for a Lenten dinner group to improve my connection with other people. That's like, that's like a, that'll get you going um, better than a lot of other reasons. Um, because life is, you know, just, it comes from God. It's flowing through us. There's a desire that we have because we're alive to thrive and to flourish and, and tapping into that desire uh, is super helpful for us. So be intentional this Lent. Be connectional this Lent. And third, uh, leverage Lent to establish at least one new connectional habit or two. One or two. Leverage Lent to establish one new connectional habit that when Lent's over, your body is just going to want to do it. You will be habituated to this thing that will be helpful to you. Um, so I mentioned before that in our sermons and our daily emails, we'll be sampling different practices. Um, and um, I would really encourage you to tune in to this uh, process to find one that works for you that you can start to establish the habit during the season of Lent so that when Lent is over, it'll be much more easy for you and natural for you to uh, continue with that habit. For example, the habit of taking, I don't know, five to ten minutes um, of quiet each day to say your prayers, or to calm and center yourself before bed, or when you wake up in the morning, have your uh, morning coffee. That's, that's an, uh, an example. You know, like I mentioned earlier, it takes about six weeks to establish a habit. So Lent is a great time to do that. Um, so um, leverage Lent to establish a new connectional habit or two. And then finally, and this goes back to some of our like not so helpful history with Lent in the uh, emotional mood department. Be kind to yourself as you establish a new habit. Like it actually helps you to establish the habit better if you are kind to yourself in the process of establishing 
a new habit. In fact, none of this stuff that we've been talking about will work if you don't continually return to a posture of kindness toward yourself as you're um, putting the energy into forming a new habit. So, like at the micro level, when, um, you know, the skill that is involved in learning how to meditate, calm yourself through meditation, the most important skill is to notice when you're distracted from whatever your intended focus is and to gently return your focus to whatever your intention was of the little meditation exercise to say like oh you know you i'm gonna i'm gonna focus on this prayer god be in my head and in my understanding i'm gonna repeat it over 10 times just to get it into a meditative mode and you know about the third time your mind is wandering into whatever and you notice that you gently return to the prayer you don't go oh crap I'm horrible at this I can't do it that just like it's like that velcros you to the to the distraction so you have to kind of practice the art of gently returning to your intention and um, that is the key skill in uh, meditation it's the key skill in forming a new habit having the intention noticing oh I forgot to do it today and then gently returning to your intention not beating yourself up all that kind of stuff um, so for uh, quiet reflection time to do a little quiet reflection I want to suggest we use a couple of things one is the half sheets attached to your um, your Sunday program that white half sheet that Emily mentioned at the beginning I think we have a part on there for you to jot down um, an intention you want to begin this Lenten season with. I think the idea is maybe to write it on the back of that half sheet. We probably, I think we have some extra pens, so I wonder if we could, uh, raise your hand if you need a pen for this little part of the exercise. And uh, they're right here, Em, on the, on the, um, on the front row there. Um, we'll get you a pen. Get your half sheet, get your pen. Um, I'll just review real quickly what we're going to do. It's three parts to this. First, we'll just take a minute to relax, collect or slow down our thoughts, um, do a little relaxing breathing. Uh, then for the second metal, uh, minute, we'll settle on an intention for Lent. I'll give you a few verbal promptings for that. Um, that could be simply, I'm going to pay attention during Lent. I'm not quite sure what, I, what new habit I want to start or exactly what I want to do, but I'm going to set myself right now to pay attention uh, to connection uh, this Lent, to finding some way to connect with God. Um, just setting that simple intention. So a minute to settle an intention for Lent, and what that is is entirely up to you. And three, uh, third part is simply to take a minute and write that intention down on the, uh, on the half sheet. So don't start doing that yet. Wait until we go through the process, right? And uh, one of these times, I want Lisa Ruby to come and, like, she led our board, in our board retreat, we had this awesome board retreat on Saturday, and we had all this stuff we were talking about, it was like, our, you know, our frontal lobes were just burning up, you know, with inspiration and discussion and everything, and... Lisa said, okay, we're going to center down. And then she had us like go 
mm, like this and like shake things out of her body. And at first I thought, that's a little hokey, but then I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is super working. So one of these days we're going to get Lisi Ruby to do what she did at the board retreat and it's going to be awesome. And you're going to think at first, this is a little hokey, but then it's going to work. And you go, I was wrong. So, okay, let's take a minute just to relax, to collect our thoughts, or to throw, uh, slow down our thoughts. You might want to take a couple of two or three deeper relaxing breaths where you breathe in through your nose, hold it, and release it out through your mouth. Try that two or three times. Pay attention to your body. You notice if you're tense and need to relax your shoulders or adjust your posture to be able to be attentive and relax. And continue just to focus on your breathing. And now over the next minute, just uh, let your mind settle on an intention you have for approaching this season of Lent. It might be something specific that's already come to your mind and you find yourself thinking, oh, I think I'd really like to do that. Or it might be as simple as just saying to yourself, oh, I want to I I take advantage of this season of Lent. And... Um, make it count for something. So just let your mind settle on an intention for how you approach Lent this year. And then for our final minute, we'll just take a minute to, in an unhurried fashion, write whatever that intention is, put it into words and write it down on your half sheet. You can either keep it as a way of reminding yourself, or if you'd like to, you can uh, put it on the altar here as you come forward as a way of like submitting your intention to God or offering it to God, whichever works best for you. Just... Put that intention into words and jot it down on your half sheet.
Okay, and now turn.